Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, saints. Praise God. God is good and his mercy endures forever. Come on and worship with us. Come on. You worship you. Say hallelujah. 
bow before him and we give him praise because it was his precious love that lifted us up. It was his love that brought us out of sin and brought us into grace, hallelujah, that we might have the right to the tree of life, hallelujah, that we can live forever with him and reign with him in heaven, hallelujah. Hallelujah, love lifted me, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to God in the highest glory, glory to God when nothing else could help you came and rest. Y'all, glory.
Hallelujah. God's love, he lifted us up higher and higher, deeper and deeper into his precious love. Hallelujah. That we feel safe and that we feel secure in that love. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. We want to go higher. Singing higher, higher, higher than heaven. Deeper, deeper, deeper than oceans. Greater, greater, greater than mountains. Your love. Help me sing it today, y'all. Come on. Higher, higher.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Your love, Lord. Thank you, Father. Your love lifted us, Father God. We thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for your love, Lord God. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Give him glory. Thank you for his love. Amen. His love, no matter what you go through, no matter what situation you may have found yourself in this week, amen, take a moment. Take a moment and remember his love. His love that never failed you. His love that has never seen you go without. Amen. His love that is deeper than the oceans, greater than the mountains. Amen. Higher than the heavens. That's his love. No matter what you have gone through this week, no matter what you've gone through this morning, his love, amen, God is love. He loves you. He will never see you forsaken. He will never see you defeated, amen, because of his love. One more awesome round of applause and high praise for his love, amen. Thank you for your love, Lord. Hallelujah. Nothing like your love, Lord God. Nothing like your love. You know, John John 4.23 says that the Father is looking for those to worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen? What's that spirit? From your heart. From your spirit man. From your inner man. Amen? What's the truth? The truth that is already done. The truth that you already heal. As you worship him, your need is already met. The truth that you no longer have to worship him for what you need because it's already done. Your need has already been provided. The truth is that you're no longer sin conscious, amen, but you're grace conscious. You're no longer worried about the pain in your body because as you worship him, you know that pain is already gone, amen. You know as you lift your hands and give him praise out of your heart and out of your spirit, it's already done. That's the God we serve, amen. When he, when he healed the, when he healed the, um, the leader's son. The leader was with Jesus when it happened, right? The leader, when he was on his way home, his son was healed. The leader wasn't there. The leader didn't see it. The leader, but the, 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 the Bible says in John, the leader believed. Amen? He believed that it was done. So when he got home, he asked, what time did this happen? He was told 1 o'clock. That was the time he was meeting with Jesus. But he believed it was already done. So as you, whatever you have need of today, as you believe and you walk out of here, it's already met. It's already met, amen? What God has done for you, can no man take it away? Can no man's words change it? Your doubt can't even change what God has already done. Your unbelief can't even change it. You just have to now line up with what's been done in the heavens so you can now see what's man experience the manifestations here on earth. Amen? It's time that we be begin to walk out and what God has done for us. Amen. Give him, amen. That's awesome, guys. That's awesome. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. We want to we wanna do it as a, see it as a body. Well, welcome to church this morning. Amen. That wasn't even church yet, y'all. We're just getting started. God is good. So we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock. Do we have any first-time visitors this morning? Anyone here for the first time with us? Amen. We have a visitor here. Welcome. Thank you. Those of you streaming by YouTube, online, we welcome you this morning. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock, take time to give each other an awesome World Changes Church welcome.
Amen, 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 world changers. Awesome welcome, awesome welcome. Greet each other with the love of the Lord, amen. We have two announcements for you today. On Tuesday, August 15th, from 7 to 8 p.m., our guest financial advisor, Jabari King, will discuss college education planning investment for uh, investing for kids, retirement discussion, um, estate planning, which is protecting your assets. And let me go back to that retirement discussions because that's something we all should be looking for retirement, right? And uh, that this retirement discussion, he's going to be discussing what do you want? What do you want to get out of retirement? Um, and then back to the estate planning, protecting your assets, we know that in the kingdom, our assets are protected, amen? But there's things that we should be doing here on earth. And, uh, and it's awesome that we can have someone come in and give us those principles. We'll allocate time to answer your questions. If interested, please sign up at the communications desk today because that is next Tuesday. Um, also, a second announcement this Saturday, October 12th, we're calling all men to come out, please, at 9 a.m., um, we're getting the campus ready for the holidays. We know that um, the city of Copperfield, they have a wonderful time of uh, lights and holiday decorations. We want to get the campus ready for that. So this Saturday, October 12th, is the kind of pre-work for that. Then we have another uh, time in November for everyone. But we're asking the men to come out, please, this Saturday, starting at 9 a.m. But we do want to serve lunch, so we need you to sign up today at the information desk so we can have a good, strong head count to buy food. We want to feed the men, amen? We want to feed the men, amen? Okay, we don't, we, we don't want you to come out and work and not feed you. So please sign up at the information desk. Please give of your, of your time um, to come out and do that. We have a wonderful time when the men or whenever we get together and we work for, work for God. So uh, the investment strategies and the men coming out, please sign up at the communications desk after service. We want to take a moment now and open up the altars for those that have uh, a prayer need, those that want um, the prayer counselors. Come on down, prayer counselors, please. For those of you that want the prayer counselors to agree with you, now is the time of service that we do that. You know, there's, there's power in agreement. The word says where two or three come together, touch and agree on anything, there he is in the midst. Amen. It's about that agreeing and that accountability. So if you um, have a need or you just have a, have a thought, you have something you've been dealing with, uh, now's the time to come down. And we know that when we pray, God answers. Amen? He's a prayer answering God. When we pray, he answers. We just have to believe what, we, what we'd agreed upon. Amen? So altars are open. Come on down. myself away give myself away so you can use me I give myself away I give myself away so 
Y'all go ahead and prepare yourself to the word. Amen. God is Amen. good. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you need communion elements, just go ahead and raise your hands. The ushers will be more than happy to serve you with them. and take those elements and open them up and take out that bread that represents the body of Jesus representing his body that went up on the cross that was wounded and bruised for each and every one of us the word says the chastisement of our peace <clears throat> is upon him your assurance your comfort, your rest, that all is well in your life 
was proven by the blood and the body of Jesus. Because he went through all he went through, you don't have to. Do you hear what I said? You don't have to. So make a decision today that you will no longer go through sickness. You will no longer go through disease. You will no longer go through hurt and pain. That's not God trying to teach you something. That's just an opportunity for him to show you the truth, which is you are healed and whole because of the body of Jesus. I don't think you hear me. Because some of you may say, well, I've been standing and believing this and, and I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Be sure you're waiting on him to do it the way he wants to do it and not the way you thought it was going to happen. I never forget Dr. Dollar talking about the fact that he was believing that his eyes would be healed and then he said that LASIK surgery was invented for his healing. I, I don't care how God got to get it done as long as it happens, amen? I mean, sure, he could have just replaced that organ or replaced that part of your body with a new miraculous thing on the inside, but it's okay to get a donor. It, it's okay for something else to happen. Y'all gonna hear some testimonies about that soon. And, and the fact is, is whatever way he has to get it done, I declare that your body is healed and whole. Let him do it the way he wants to do it. That's for somebody. You've been standing and waiting and trying to get it done some other way that makes you believe that he did it. I'm telling you it's already done. You just need to get in line with what he wants to do. Amen. That blood represents the fact that you are redeemed. Somebody say redeemed. That means you've already been purchased. The price has already been paid for your sins. Yes, somebody had to pay for the wrong that you did, but that somebody is not you. I said that somebody is not you. The things that you've gone through and are going through in life is not because God's trying to get back at you or punish you. Can I be real honest with you today? That's the enemy attacking you, deceiving you, trying to make you think you still owe something to God. This blood paid it all. This blood is a currency that never loses its value. And as a result of it never losing its power or its value, your sins are forever paid for. So when we drink of this cup, what you're doing is saying, Jesus, I remember what you did. And because I remember what you did, I know I am free. Say that with me, say I'm free. Free from what? You're free from the penalty of sin. You're free from hell. Some of us like, I hear all that, I'm just trying to stay out of hell. You're out. But you don't know what I did last night. You're out. Now as we get to believing what's true, then we can allow God to begin to change us from the inside out. And the Holy Spirit will get on the inside of you and begin to change your want-tos. And as a result, yes, you will begin to act better than you ever did before. But the first thing you got to do is you got to believe that the body and the blood did their job. Say this with me. Say, Jesus... I thank you for doing a complete work for my righteousness. As a result, I am 
saved. I'm safe. I rest in that truth. Thank you for your grace that makes this available. Today I eat and I drink remembering, reminding myself of what you've already done. I am free. I am whole because of you, Jesus. Amen. You may eat, you may drink. Now, Father God, we say, it is done. And we also say, it is well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise for that. Yes. Amen. How many of you guys are blessed today? Oh, that sounds like some of you are deciding whether or not you will be blessed. And I, I just need to know, is anybody in the house already blessed? Amen. Welcome to World Changes Church Houston. On behalf of Pastor Melissa and I, we're glad that you're here on today. Uh, we don't take it lightly. We count it an honor and a privilege to be able to share this gospel of grace with you. I believe these messages, especially today, are going to be life-changing. Uh, I believe that as you hear this word and allow it to get into your heart, you will never be the same again. It is impossible. Every time I get into the presence of God and I, I begin to hear more and more about the gospel of grace, it changes me. Man, it changes the way I think. It changes the way I, the way I speak. It changes the way I live. And it changes the way I act. And, and why, you say, why are you saying all this? Because I'm just trying to make sure your experience is what it needs to be. Man, this gospel of grace has been setting this church free. No more condemnation. No more shame. Realizing who we are and whose we are. You know, we started off this entire year talking about the fact that we have to get to know God. Some, somebody said, well, I, th I thought I already knew God. Uh, we, we knew something about him, but we didn't really know him, we're finding out. And now we're getting deep into, into the part where we're just finding out the truth of what grace has done for us. The truth about being free from the law. The truth about the fact that we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus and allowing that truth to begin to change how we've been believing. Because if I can believe right, then I can live right. And here's the truth. The truth is, is that you are united with Christ Jesus, seated in heavenly places with him. And I can only conclude that if I am seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, if I am united with him in all of who he is, including his power, then I can do nothing but win. I can experience nothing but victory. I don't ever remember seeing Jesus lose. I'll say that again. I don't ever remember seeing Jesus lose. Even when the devil thought he had him defeated, he was winning. He was winning you and me. You cannot lose. You cannot be defeated. I'm talking about in your marriage, 
I'm talking about in your mind. I'm talking about on the job. I'm talking about in the bank account. I'm talking about with your children. I'm talking about in your body. I'm talking about with your businesses. I'm talking about in your ministry. I'm saying you cannot lose. All you do is win. See, some of you, you say, I hear what you're saying and it sounds good, but I don't believe it. That's why we're talking about what we're talking about. You <laughs> see, many of us, we, 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 we love God in the sense of I love him because I've heard about what he's done for me, but I don't know if you're really in love with God. I don't know if you really love him to the point that you trust him and believe him. Because if I trust him and believe him, then I know he's not lying to me when he says I'm free, when he says I'm healed, when he says I'm victorious. I heard an example earlier today that when you know somebody's coming to pick you up and you trust that they're coming to pick you up, you don't lay in the bed and say, I hope they show up. Do you? You do what? You get up and get ready. Some of y'all need to get up and get ready. You need to get up and get ready. He said you're healed. Get up and get ready. He said you're whole. Get up and get ready. He said you're prosperous. Get up and get ready. Because your manifestation is showing up. The question is, is when it pulls up, are you going to be there? Or is your manifestation going to be waiting on you? When I believe what God's word says, I can't help but to talk about it. I can't help but to speak about it. I don't confess the word of God so that it will happen. I confess the word of God because it's happening. I'm only saying what I see in my spirit. I see myself healed and whole. I see all as well in my life. And so what I do is I got to admit what I see. Not in the natural, because in the natural, it ain't faith if I can just see it in the natural. Somebody said, where you get that from? Hebrews 11, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. If you can see it with your natural eyes, it doesn't require faith. That's why it says the law is not a faith. There, there, there takes no faith to do what the law says. Why? Because you can see it. It's written right there. It's all based on your performance. If you do this, you get that. But when I can't see it, but God says I have it, and then I believe what he says, that's faith. And an evidence that I got it is when I say it. Not because I'm trying to make it happen, but because I know it's already done. So we've been calling these admissions. Simply admitting the truth to myself and to anybody who will listen. The first admission was that God loves me. The second one was, Jesus is the perfect expression of who God is. Love. 
Love never fails. Number three, and admitting that Jesus is the most perfect expression of that love. There's two different things. One is admitting that he is a reflection of, of him, but then the second one is that he is the perfect expression of that. Grace, who is Jesus, we talked about this a little bit while ago, grace is Christ, and Jesus is the word and he's truth, and that this is God's perfect expression of his love to me. Grace. I didn't earn it. I sure enough don't deserve it. But he made me right with him through Jesus. The one I did wrong. The one we crucified. He not only saved me, but he gave me the same rights and privileges of him that I murdered. How crazy is that? We've been just stuck on the fact that, ooh, grace saved me. You're not just saved, he gave you his rights and privileges. That's like you go out here and commit murder, and then you get the bank account, the inheritance, the freedom, and the rights of the person you killed. That's how radical grace is. I don't think you heard me. <laughs> you know, there's that popular case that's going on right now and it's freaking people out and separating people. The cop that killed a young man, cold blood in his apartment. And as wrong as that is, as wrong as that sentence was, I couldn't help but see a reflection of what God did for us. You got to be careful that when you see God, you don't miss him. So many Christians up in arms about, you know, here we go. And there's facts to what's being said. It's facts that certain ethnicities, including black folk, get taken advantage of in our system. We know that. And I'm not belittling that by far. But don't let those facts cause you to miss the truth that an 18 or so year old young man allowed grace to work through him, whether she deserved it, whether she earned it whether she's playing the system or whatever else like that, it didn't make a difference because some of y'all playing the system right now, but I'm not going to get into that. It, it's, it was just given. It was just given. It was just given. Because according to John 3, 16, love gives. For God so loved the world that he gave. It was just given. Despite how that person behaves before, during, or after, it was just given. I made a statement. It made some people mad, but I could care less. <laughs> that we were her in that story. Not deserving it. Showing up didn't earn it. Ain't worth it right now. But you got it. 
It broke my heart to see a world that's still not ready to be who he is. I understand, but I, I, I would have I needed a couple of more weeks. Thank God Jesus didn't take a couple of more weeks to forgive you. I understand, but I would have had to snatch her up at least once. Thank God that he didn't punish you before he saved you. I understand, but, but it's just a system that, that's just designed to do this, that, and the other with your woke self. I wish you wake up to what grace really is and has done. Grace equalizes us all. And if we're honest about the situation, you're not upset because of love and grace. You're upset because you're afraid. You're afraid that somebody's going to get over. You're afraid that somebody's going to get left behind again. And you got to understand what we're talking about. Love never fails. To be in love, to walk in grace, to be with the word and the truth will always have you on the winning side. You can't fail walking in God's love. Some people see that young man as a sucker. Some people see that uh, those who believe in the act of love and grace, the act of love and grace, not saying you believe in the person, not saying you believe in the act that was done, not saying you believe in the injustice, but that you're believing in love and grace. And some people are mixing it. And really, it's not people. It's a spirit of deception causing people to miss the truth. We got to rise above and not think the way the world thinks. We got to see it the way God sees it. They all his children. I said they're all his children. And some in that story are lost. But I saw one that knew God. And you got to be careful to make sure you're seeing everything in this day and age through Jesus. Because he is the perfect expression of God's love. I saw that and I said, my God. My first re reaction was like many people. He said, that's crazy. And God said, look closer. I said, that's you. Again, not the initial act, not the injustice, not the sentence, not the system, the love. He said, if I'll be lifted up, I'll draw them into me. But what is the world trying to do with that story right now? They're trying to lift up something other than love. They're trying to lift up something other than grace. They're trying to lift up something other than truth. And you make sure that you don't be a part of that. The last thing any of us would ever want to do is be a part of causing people to fall away from him. To begin to trust in the behavior of a person over the grace of God. I started with this, I'll, I'll end this portion, part of this with this. Don't forget what he did for you. You're only one Jesus away from hell yourself. And if we're going to go out into this world and do what he's called us to do, we cannot go out with that type of judgment on our heart. We cannot go out with that type of self-righteousness on our heart. We have to go out united 
with the truth, united with grace, seated in our proper positions. I'm telling you how to rule right now. We said right ruling is ruling by love, didn't we? Right judgment is judging by love. This is what we're going to have to deal with, y'all. This, this was just step one. What we saw in that case and all that, that's step one. Can you properly divide that situation? If somebody doing something as wrong as that thing that was done, say, I am now ready to receive him. Are you going to give him or withhold him? And if you can't give him, you're not ready. If you can't give him, you fit into the category we said the other day, and I wasn't planning on going all this way, but you're still, you're saved, but you're still right here, still a child. Not ready fully to operate in his power. Because while you are saved, while you are righteous, you still make decisions based on your feelings and your emotions. You still make decisions not based on his word. You still make decisions not based on his grace. You're an heir, Christ is in you, but you still got some maturing to do before you can go do the work. I don't know about you, but I don't ever want anyone to come to me needing him and they can't find him. It was a decision I made back when I was 20 years old and I was bitter at a family member and I was upset and I couldn't figure out how to forgive for that person doing basically 12 years of wrong and rejection and all of that. And God said, enough is enough. I was in college at ORU and we were, I was a part of this choir and we were in this, one of these times of worship. And he spoke to me and showed me a picture, clear as day. He said, if I have to bring them to you to meet me, will you share me? And on that basis of loan, I made a decision to forgive that person. And then that became a pattern for the rest of my life that I would never walk in unforgiveness with anyone because if they need him, I never want him to show up saying I need to work through you and find a closed door. Family, let's make sure we're not closing our hearts to the world, choosing who we will and will not share him with because that's what the devil's trying to set up. If you understand that, say amen. So he is the perfect expression of God's love. Number four, admit you are free from your, somebody say, old. Old, old sinful nature because of the finished works of Jesus. Turn with me in your Bibles real quick to Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. Uh, we'll look at this, let's look at it in a New Living Translation. Colossians 2.13, it says, you were, what's that word? Dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. That sinful nature was a part of you just like fat on a good steak. Amen. Amen. It might have tasted good, might have been good, but it was bad for you. <laughs> and it said this sinful nature, it was a part of you, and if that sinful nature is still a part of you, you're dead. 
It wasn't yet cut away. Verse 14. Then God, sorry, yes. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. I was dead because the sin was still a part of me. But now that I'm alive, the sin has been cut away. Somebody say it's been cut away. Somebody say it's been cut away. How much of the fat did he cut away? No, you got a little bit left, right? No, I thought you was just a, just a little line and just a little layer. No, he said he cut it all away. Now, in your mind, that should be creating a healthy tension that says, well, if he cut all the sin away, why am I still sinning? Yeah, somebody just said, because you want to, not because you got to. Now, that's not a knock on you. That's not to say uh, you're horrible. It just simply means that the solution to changing your want-tos is the Holy Spirit. The solution to changing your want-tos is allowing him to transform you. But we'll get to that in a little bit. The truth is, he dealt with all of your sins. Now, you got to believe this by faith. Faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things. You still see yourself tearing it up. But you got to believe in your heart, I'm free from this. Some of you need to declare why you're in the midst of sin that you're the righteousness of God. I'll say that again. Right in the midst of your fornication. You ain't going to be able to keep fornicating talking about I'm the righteousness of God. You ain't going to be able to keep doing all that other stuff, stealing and cheating and all that, talking about I'm the righteousness of God, cheating on them taxes. I'm the righteousness of God, putting all them extra people. Them ain't your kids. Keep declaring, though, who you are and watch it begin to transform you. Now, the good news is he canceled the record of charges against us. You take that and relay it to the situation I was just talking about. I couldn't do that. That's why you ain't God. I got to be able to separate the way I feel about a situation and go to the truth. When you meet those folks on the street, you're going to meet some pretty rough characters. And they're going to want to talk about all the wrong that they did. And you're going to have to be able to tell them the truth that, honey, I know you did all of that, but he canceled the record of charges. If you showed up at the courthouse, they wouldn't be able to find your case. He canceled the record of charges against us and took it away. By doing what? What we talked about in that communion? He nailed it to the cross. Somebody paid for it, but it just wasn't you. Let's keep going. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. He got the victory. He took away, or I heard somebody said, he stripped their power. That's why I said the, the bad stuff that may go on in your life, that ain't, that ain't God punishing you. That stuff has no power. Satan has no power. Demons have no power. People have no power over you. You got to declare the truth when you see 
anything showing up that shouldn't be there. Any attack showing up in your life and bearing any fruit is illegal fruit. That's illegal production. The only thing that's supposed to be produced in your life is victory. Because he took his victory and shared it with you. For sickness to win in your life means it's winning in the life of Jesus. Think about that. You're united with him. You share in his inheritance and victory. So if it's winning in your life, that means it has to be winning in his. And I can guarantee you, Jesus is not sick. I can guarantee you he's not broke. I can guarantee you he's not mentally disturbed. I can guarantee you he's at peace. So if anything is happening in my life, it's because I'm allowing it. And sometimes I allow it, not because I want to, it's just I didn't know the truth. But now you're learning that truth, and it's going to be what helps you change the way you believe. Let's keep going. It says, so don't let who? 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 Don't let anyone condemn you. I thought about something the other day. Over and over you see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these different people coming up to Jesus and coming up to different people condemning them. You realize in most of those cases, if not all of them, those were religious people? Those were people who were supposed to know God? And something hit me, man. The only people that's picking up stones and trying to throw them at people is Pharisees and Sadducees. You better make sure you're not amongst them. Trying to condemn people for what they doing. Because that ain't what Jesus does. I said, that's not what Jesus does. He said, don't let, Paul said, don't let anyone condemn you. For what? For what you eating or what you drinking or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies, let's keep going, or the Sabbaths. He said, they have all these traditions, they have all these laws, they have all these rules, and now that I'm here, those things no longer matter. You now have the way. So as long as you're in the way, don't let anybody beat you up for not holding those religious traditions. Amen. I'm telling you guys right now, there is a struggle and there's a battle in the body of Christ between the old and the new. Between grace. And it's not between grace and faith. There's no fight. There's a cooperation between faith and grace. It's between grace and the law. And let me make this very plain. I'm not talking about just the Ten Commandments. I'm talking about the rule keeping. What we as Word of Faith Christians have done is we've made a whole new set of rules. Because most of us don't even know the 613. We don't know them. Somebody tell me what 506 is. 513. 425. Exactly, we all going to hell if that's the case. Because the Bible says if you, if you mess up one of them, you're guilty of them all. You, I just asked you three of them, you don't know. What's commandment number three? Look at some of y'all like, ah, ah. So, so yeah, so exactly. So, I mean, so let's be real. What we did was then we created a whole new set of if you do something that I think you shouldn't be doing, if you do something that my previous pastor said was wrong, if you do something that my grandma or my mama or whomever else said was wrong, 
Which, by the way, all that came from if you do something that I am not supposed to be doing. Somewhere along the way, the Holy Spirit told me not to do that, and I made it a rule for everybody. Real talk. Because I got a problem with alcohol. Can't nobody consume alcohol. Because we're in Bible. I mean, we, we joke about it all the time, but he literally, literally turned water into wine. Don't get deep on me. Don't get deep on me. I don't know what proof it was and all of that. I just know it was wine. At a party. where people were having a good, literally, if you go read it, when they drank the wine, the people was like, you saved the good stuff to the end. It wasn't no weak wine. And they, they were like, what makes wine good versus wine not so good? They were like, this is the good stuff. Which means they knew the difference between good and bad stuff. They had drank enough to know the difference. And I'm not, I'm not telling you this so you can go out to the specs on tomorrow and just go nuts. But I'm telling you this so you can be free. We created all these rules and you're so focused on trying to keep the rules that you're missing the relationship with God. Some of you are going to hear this, you're going to get set free, and you may still not go take a drink of nothing. Because it's amazing what happens when you set people free and they can be governed by the Holy Spirit, you find yourself sinning less. Think about it with your children. The more you tell them, told them not to do this and not to do this and not to do this, what happened? That thing became more tempting to do. But you ain't gonna tell me, don't climb up on this roof and jump off. You don't have to create that rule for me. There's something on the inside of me that says, that ain't a good idea. For most of us, we'll get up there and stand up there and something will start tingling physically in our stomach. Because we have someone built in on the inside that tells us that ain't a good idea. I'm making this real plain, but, but that's what Abraham and them went off of before there was a law. They just trusted God. They just believed God. And the Bible says it was counted unto them as righteousness. And now under grace, we're operating by the Holy Spirit being on the inside of us saying, you don't need to drink that. Because you know what you do when you drink that. Some of y'all don't. You, know. You might be able to do a little Moscato or something like that, but you get to that brown, he'd be like, no. You stay away from that. If I'm, we're going to teach you how to live on the grace, we need to teach you how to live on the grace. It's all based on what is the Holy Spirit leading you? Some of y'all know you don't need to watch certain things. You don't need to be having certain conversations. You know it not because I said it from a message or because you found a scripture and verse on it. It's because there's a ton of stuff that does it specifically. Young people come up to you all the time right now, show me that in the Bible, and you can't. 
Because what you're supposed to be showing them is Holy Spirit. He's the one who's leading you. He's the one who's guiding you. He's the one who's directing you. Back in the day, there were all these laws that people would keep. But now, we follow the Holy Spirit. But the interesting thing about following the Holy Spirit is, I have to have a full-blown relationship with him to be able to hear him. And a relationship requires, dare I say it, work. You work in, and so what, thank you, Holy Spirit, he said, just stay where I'm taking you. We're working to try to keep the rules because that's easier. It's in our face. It doesn't require faith. All I got to do, you just tell me what to do and tell me what not to do, and I'm good. But that relationship, I'm afraid I might make a mistake. That relationship, I'm afraid I can't, I might not hear him too clear. That's because you're making it harder than what it is. You're in a good marriage with the Holy Ghost. And he has no problem communicating with you just the way you need to hear him. But because most of us have not really experienced a true good relationship here on earth, we don't know what to expect. Some of us, think about it, from, from little kids. Many of us, most of us have not seen a healthy relationship. That's why the devil attacks the family. That's why he, he attacks, you know, with, with the, with the um, whole thing, you know, about homosexuality and all this type of stuff. That's just an attack on the family. It's to cause people to get further away from God. I'm not, I'm not dealing with the sin of it just yet. What I'm saying is, is the institutions that are, trying to be, to try, that are trying to be solidified are to attack the family so you won't even know what a healthy relationship looks like. Because according to Ephesians 6.1, parents are the ambassadors of God over their children. They're the first example of love that children ever see. And if that can be perverted, then a kid comes into this world never even being able to see who God is. They're lost from the beginning. The devil's an idiot, but he's a strategist. And so because we don't know what good relationships look like, having a relationship with God, that sounds good. But what does that look like? And that's why we come to church to learn the truth and to learn and grow and say, oh, it's as simple as me just opening up my heart, receiving him, and then allowing him to speak to me. And the more I learn this word, the more I learn what his voice sounds like. I mean, there's a scripture in the Bible that literally says you won't even need to be taught anymore because the Holy Spirit will be teaching you. Even right now, he's teaching you through what I'm saying. But for some of us, this seems like such a foreign concept because people were scared to teach on it because they didn't know how because they weren't understanding grace. You have a relationship with your father, be it a new one or, or one that's very mature, who loves you, who is daily, hourly, minute by minute, giving you direction. And that direction will lead you to victory every step of the way. Somebody says, I, I need to know what that looks like. Now go back and look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John with those eyes and look at how Jesus operated with the Holy Spirit. Because as I've said over and over again, you're the Jesus in the story. You're no longer the sinner. You're no longer the one who needs everything from him. You have all of him. Now you need to learn how to live. Go look at him. He went and got away with God. He didn't go say nothing. He didn't do nothing without God leading him by the Holy Spirit 
in telling him. And that's how we have to live today. But before I can do all that, I got to realize I'm free from sin. Because if you think you're still stuck in sin, you'll think everything I just said doesn't qualify for you. Because I just drank something last night. Or I just did something I wasn't supposed to be doing. Trust me when I say, as your relationship with him develops, you will see the activity of sin decrease in your life. If you understand that, say amen. 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 Let's keep going. Uh, turn with me to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians, actually no, let's do Romans 12, 2, and we'll look at it in the Amplified. So to be free from this sin activity, I said it earlier, I have to now allow him to transform the way I think. What does that word transform mean? To change. What does it mean when something changes? Yeah, it's not what it used to be. Everybody, you're facing this way, correct? I want you to change and I want you to face that way. Some of y'all did it, some of y'all didn't. Why y'all still looking at me? Face that way. <laughs> Do you see what you saw a minute ago? When you change, your whole perception changes. When you change, you don't see what you used to see. Why? Because you have repositioned yourself. And when you change the way you think, what happens is, is it's really God repositioning the way your mind is believing. How do I know if I've changed? Are you seeing differently? If you're seeing the same thing, you ain't changed. Uh, I'm changing and I've changed, but I still remember what happened in the past. You're still seeing the same thing. You had not changed. I'm still remembering what they said. You ain't changed. You have to release all of that. That's your part because you believe he's going to change you. But if you hold on and keep looking that same way, he's not free to change you. He will not take your will out of your hands and make you look at something different. The truth will be presented to you and then you got to let stuff go. That's why forgiveness is such an important part of your mind being renewed. Some of y'all was hoping I didn't go there. Because as long as you keep looking at that old stuff, by definition, you are not changing. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, verse 2, but let God transform you. We've said it over and over again. It's his responsibility. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's how he changes you. He doesn't change what you do. He changes how you think. And how you think changes how you do. How you do it. He, he will change how you think, and then it will change what you do. Here this whole time, many people have been saying that you just need to stop doing this and stop doing that. You can't stop doing this, and you can't stop doing that until he changes you. You've been trying to change you for 45 years. <laughs> Still the same, yes. You now need to release all of that responsibility 
and roll it over to the great changer who is God. He's the great transformer. And he will, he, he, don't nobody know how to change you like God. Your creator has taken the responsibility. All you need to do is release yourself to him. Or another way of saying it is submit yourself to him. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Go, to, uh, was that the, uh, go to that scripture real quick and amplify it. I'll show you this and then we'll skip over to 2 Corinthians. Say I'm free. I'm free from sin. Say I'm changing. I'm transforming. Y'all got to amplify it? Okay. I'll read it out. Let me read it out of here real quick. I told somebody the other day, I said, make sure y'all still reading your regular Bible. You start forgetting where stuff is at. Like, what, where did it come from? Okay, so it says in the Amplified, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed, by the entire renewal of your mind. That's why some things you've lost the taste for, but some other things you still have a taste for. Why? Because you're in a process. Amen. Say that with me. Say, I'm in a process. Now, the devil's been lying to some of us trying to make us think that we have saved because we have sinned. No, you're half transformed is what it is. And what you need to do is not give up on yourself. Don't give up on yourself and just say it's not working. Don't give up on church and just say it's not working. Don't give up on God and say he's just not working. You're in a process. It took you 15 years to get the way you are. Give him a little time to work with you. Amen? By the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude. Say that with me. Say, I got a new attitude. attitude. Who's that? Patty LaBelle? Was that? Yes, yes, a new attitude. Now, when I'm changed, it says, so that the changing happens for this reason. You may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I, to discover that will and to walk that will out requires transformation. Are you, are you seeing what it says? Many people are trying to figure out, what am I here for? What's the will of God for my life? Well, I got to submit myself to him so he can be transforming me. And then and only then would I find myself in his good, perfect, and therefore pleasing will. But many of us are trying to get to that good, perfect, pleasing will without the transformation. Do you see how we kind of got the cart before the horse in that sense? I'll know his purpose and I'll know his will and I'll be able to walk in it as soon as I submit myself to him. And in order to do that, I have to first admit I am no longer a sinner. It says you'll prove that perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Verse 3 says, For by grace, unmerited favor of God, given to me, he says, I warn everyone among you not to estimate and think of himself more highly than he ought to, not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own importance, but to rate his ability with sober judgment, each according to the degree of faith apportioned by God to him. And then he begins to talk about how the body has many parts 
and we all have various parts and purposes. And that part and purpose goes right in line with his will. Again, but I got to be willing to let him transform me. Say this with me. I'm no longer a sinner. I'm, no a sinner. I'm, free. I'm free. I'm saved. I'm saved. And God is transforming me. Uh, let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Are you getting something out of this today? Amen. Amen. Y'all know what day it is, so glory to God. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect what? Glory. The glory of the Lord. What's that veil? Yeah, it's that law, it's that old way of thinking, it's, it's that sin nature, it's, it's, it's that thing that was blinding me from the truth of God. The Bible says it's been removed. It's been removed. Now what we have to be careful of is a false veil being put over, back over your eyes, making you think that you're still a sinner, making you think something's still wrong with you. There are many Christians who are saved who have a veil over their eyes and they still think, I still got to do something. The veil's been removed. There is no separation between you and God anymore. You're free. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.16. Somebody said, why do we go through so many scriptures? We, we got it. We got we to gotta show you this in the Word. I said, we have to show you this in the Word. I was watching some video somebody posted last night, and this whole guy was politely basically saying, like, grace is not the way, and, like, God is still this God who... Basically, as a mean God, he was like, man, you look in Genesis, uh, you go like six chapters in, you see a God who drowned everybody. And that was like literally the only scripture reference he gave in like 12 minutes of talking. And so he was making these really bold statements. And I was like, you know, maybe I'm missing something. Let me, I'm waiting on the word. And he never gave none. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to hear your opinion. I want to hear the word. And see, here at this church, we teach the word because it's the opinion of man that have gotten us in the mess we in. And this guy was boasting about the fact that, you know, uh, man, I read the Bible once a year. I'm like, how you read the Bible once a year for all this time and you keep missing all the grace? So you be careful of them smart people in the church. Amen? Read all that word and miss the word. It says that is why we never give up Though our bodies are dying, our spirits, lowercase s, are being renewed how often? Every day. God's working on you every day. I said God's working on you every day. You might have messed up yesterday, but guess what? Today's a new day. There's another scripture that says his mercies are new how often? His mercies are new how often? His mercies are new how often? Every morning you wake up. It's a new day. Amen? Uh, let's go to um, Colossians 3, verse 9 and 10. Colossians 3, verse 9 and 10. Just helping you see the truth about where you're at in him. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. I need you to see yourself the way the word says you are. I mean, right now, I need you to see yourself this way. Stripped from your old sinful nature. What does that word stripped mean to you? Removed. Taken off. 
you don't have it on anymore. And then it says, and all its wicked deeds. So that's all the activity that comes with that sin that you used to do in Jesus' name. You've been stripped from it all. But understand the, the perspective this is in, or sorry, the, um, the order this is in. This is not for you to be saved. This is as a result of your salvation. Because of what grace did for you, sin has been stripped off your life. Now you need to believe it so that it can manifest all throughout your life. And stop trying to stop sinning to be saved. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Verse 10. It says, put on your new nature. Who has to put on the new nature? Who has to put on the new nature? Christ took off your old one. He took it for you. But you got to choose to put on the new one. You see, you see that? The, 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 and I'm not an English major, but the whatever, the, the, the person that's being focused on is you put on your new nature. The subject, thank you, sir. <laughs> you put on your new nature. Christ gave it to you. He gave you a bad new suit. An amazing new dress. The jersey you wanted, whatever you want to call it. He gave it to you. Now you got to put it on. Your spirit is saved. But that mind, you got to clothe it now with the new nature. It's your choice. And be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. You need to look at the words in this scripture. Do you see the insinuation of the process and the time? Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator. You're coming to church and you're learning to know your creator. And as you continue in the process, in your study time at home, in your worship time with him, in your prayer time with him, as you continue the process of getting to know him, you will continue the process of becoming like him. You're saved, but thinking like he thinks, talking like he talks, acting like he acts, that's a process. I need you to be convinced that you are no longer a sinner. But the renewal process is a process. And as you are renewed, you'll become like him. If you see that, say amen. 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 Uh, let's go to John 16, 13. Somebody say this with me. Say, God, God. is transforming, transforming. me. John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, what will he do? What will he do? Into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. From who? From God. Now before, the law was the guide. The law was the rules that said, here's what you do, here's what you don't do. Now, it says, when the spirit of truth come, has the Holy Spirit come? Absolutely. Once Jesus died on the cross, the Holy Spirit, whom he already had, was now made available to us 
all. We all know in Acts, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was given, as it was prophesied and said, to all men, poured out on us all, made available to us all. And now that he's here, he is your guide. And he will not guide you to lies. He will not guide you to sin. He will only guide you to truth. And not just any truth, all truth. And it's going to be uh, words coming from him that only come straight from God. You can trust the Holy Spirit. If you want to hear directly from God, who do you need to hear from? He is the conduit. He is the voice of God. He is, he is the conduit of truth for your life. I may not be hooping it and I may not be hollering it, but this is <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the life-changing truth. Some people have been trying to figure out, how do I hear from God? Listen to the Holy Ghost. How do I know whether to buy this house or to sell this house? How do I know to marry this person or to not marry this person? How do I know if this is the church for me or not the church for me? How do I know if this is what God wants me to do in my life or not do in my life? Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Amen? Romans 5, 5. So now I'm understanding I'm not a sinner. I'm now understanding that I have to allow my mind to be transformed and now I'm beginning to understand that it is the Holy Spirit who is the one who is going to be transforming me and it's God through him doing the work. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Why? For we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit. Some of y'all was thinking about Jesus. Well, that's, that was one act of his love. But did you know there was a whole other act of his love? He gave us Jesus. And without Jesus, none of this happens. But Jesus physically went to heaven. You are indeed united with Christ with the same inheritance and privilege. But God knows you're a human being who still needs help here on physical earth. And so he gave you the Holy Spirit to fill your heart with his love. Didn't he promise never to leave us nor forsake us? Well, to only give us Jesus and then to give us salvation and then leave us without anything else would have been to leave us. And we sure enough would be forsaken because now we would have to try to somehow hear just from him. And we would be dependent upon just signs and stuff like that like they were back in the day. He said, no, I got something better. I'm going to put my spirit on the inside of you. And it will lead you. It will teach you. It will also, he will also empower you. Say this, God loves me. And he showed it by giving me the Holy Spirit. He gave you Jesus. Did that change your life? Yes. This act is just as life-changing. Did you hear what I said? This act is just as life-changing. We just don't pay much attention to it because we've been stuck in performance and just stuck at the cross. 
This is life after the cross. For some people, that's hard to hear. There is no life after the cross. No, I have life because of the cross. But Jesus got off the cross. And then he went on to the next part of his assignment. I submit to you, family, we need to do the same thing. You were raised when he was raised, and many of us now are just standing still. And the Holy Spirit is on the, on the, on the inside of us saying, it's time for the next part. What's my next part? Ruling on this earth with a heart full of love. And that's what that young man did on that stand the other day. He was ruling by the Holy Ghost. There's no way possible an individual could do that on their own. And I think it's interesting that they keep leaving out of the clip the main part of what the young man said. It wasn't, can I give you a hug? It was that she would receive Christ, was what he said. If you watch the whole clip, he said, I'm going to do this because it's what my brother would want. He would want you to receive Christ. And after he shared that, he said, can I give her a hug? He witnessed to her first. And then he demonstrated the love of God. I don't think you hear me. He shared with her the opportunity to know his Savior, to know grace, to know truth, to know love. He helped her understand that you show enough a dirty sinner. But Christ is still greater. And I am now going to physically demonstrate his love by placing and wrapping my arms around you like he wrapped his arms around me, like he wrapped his arms around my brother. And I dare not withhold from you the love of Christ that has been placed on the inside of me, not by my own ability, but by the infilling of the Holy Ghost. So don't you be dissuaded or moved by lies and deception because they're leaving out the whole story just like churches have done for so long, just like religion has done for so long. The whole story is Jesus. The whole story is Christ. The whole story is grace. The whole story is truth. And while we were yet sinners, Christ showed up and saved each and every one of us. So we are obligated and enabled to share that type of unconditional, unfailing, nobody can't understand it, love. But just because they don't understand it, don't make it any less true. That's right. They don't understand it because they need it too. I don't care who they are. Right. Well, you got, you know, pretty, pretty important people that are saying, I don't care. They don't know either. That's right. That's you better stop being all razzle-dazzle about people's titles and ability and money and all that stuff. They can miss it too. That young man fulfilled Romans 5, 5. He took that love that he had supernaturally placed on the inside of him and he shared it with another. Now what she does with it is up to her. He did what he was called to do. And he said, this, this is what my brother would want. How dare anybody open up their big fat mouths and say anything against that? Who do you 
think you are. We do the same thing with Jesus. We do the same thing with God. And we miss his love. And we miss an opportunity to be who we say we are, to be Christians. Well, I declare this day, well, you a Christian. You're full of his love. You're full of the Holy Ghost. And when your opportunities to supernaturally love come in front of you, you will govern and rule the way Christ did. You will lay down your life. You will lay down your feelings and your emotions. You will sacrifice yourself for those who would rather kill you so that they might be saved. You're no longer a sinner. You're united with the Savior. And you are well able and well equipped to share his love with them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. <laughs> Father God, we just thank and praise you right now for your grace, for your favor, for your love. I thank you that we are free from the bondage and the shackles of sin. I thank you we no longer go back to our old way of thinking. But we see things as you see them. We see through love. We see through grace. We see through mercy. In every situation in our life, I rebuke fear. I rebuke self-effort, self-preservation, self-righteousness. And I say, let love flow and operate freely. And I thank you for peace that passes all understanding. Our assurance of our righteousness in Christ, our salvation, may that be free, may, may that free us to act in peculiar ways, ways that others may not understand, but ways that look just like you. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. We receive this today in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Well, guys, we love y'all so much. Thank you again for allowing Melissa and I to pass to you guys and just to share the truth of God's word. May this word take you all throughout this week. And may you just keep winning and winning and winning. No matter what happens, you just keep rejoicing because you already know you got the victory. Amen? Amen. We love you guys so much. Hallelujah. Let's give Pastor Archie a big hand clap of praise. Amen for that word. Do y'all receive that word today? Amen. God loves us. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, at this time, we would like to give you the opportunity to sow your seeds today. This is a time that we honor God with our giving. We talked about love. And if you really knew how much God loved you and that he blessed you because he loves you, we give back to him because we love him and because of what he did. Amen? And in front of your seats, there are some offering envelopes, or we have another way of giving. It's on the screen, the way of giving by text. You can give that way as well. It's a safe way of, of giving uh, here to our ministry. We don't give in fear. Amen? The Bible says that God is not the author of fear, but he's the God of love and of a sound and of a good mind. Amen? 
So we give back to him because he gave to us. We will never lack. Everything that we have has already been met for us. We've already been delivered. We all, all of our bills have been paid, and we are debt-free in the name of Jesus. Amen? So we believe that. So at this time, we're going to pray. We're going to give you the opportunity to sow your seeds. Father, we thank you now for this day that you blessed us. And because you've given us your word, we give back to you. Because of your love, oh God, we demonstrate that. We don't give out of fear. But Father, we thank you that the Holy Spirit is talking to us and instructing us and guiding us in what we should do today, Father. We listen to him today and we honor him. In Jesus' name, amen. The ushers will now serve you as you do that. Amen. Hallelujah. And while the ushers are doing that, we have three simple appeals we would like to make today before you leave. The first appeal is about salvation. If you're here this morning, you've never made him Lord of your life. This is the time that we've set aside that we don't want you to leave here the way that you came in. You can receive the love that Pastor Archie taught from the Word of God today. You can have that love. You can accept it for yourself. So if you're here this morning, you say, I've never made him the Lord of, of my life, but I want to receive that love. We want to give you the opportunity to come forward uh, at the end of service, right before we dismiss, to give you the opportunity to participate in that and receive that. The second appeal we would like to make is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that there is a prayer language that God gives us so that we can communicate to him. It's a perfect prayer language for those times that we do not know how to pray as we are. The Bible says, pray in the Spirit. Nothing to be afraid of, nothing to be ashamed of, but it's a prayer language to benefit you to build yourself up. The third and final appeal is to become members of World Changes Church Houston. Pastor Archie already said that they would love to be your pastors, teach you the things of the, of the Word of God in a simplistic way. We would love for you to link up with us and be a part of this ministry so you can find out what your purpose is here in this earth. So if you're here this morning, you say, yeah, I feel like this is the place that I need to be so I can get an understanding of the Word of God, we want you to join us as well. So what we're going to ask you to do, we're going to ask everybody to please stand to your feet at this time. Check with your neighbor. Ask them, are they saved? Are they filled with the Holy Spirit? Or perhaps they would like to become members of our church. Assist them, encourage them, and come on down. This is the time that we have for you to come down at this time to receive what you need from the Lord. Amen. be ashamed. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But to those of you who've come forward, we thank you for coming forward and listening to the Holy Spirit. Today, your life would not be the same again. 
I promise you someone who will meet you down front. Here she is right here. She's going to take you to a private area and minister to you based on what you've come down for. So let's pray with them right before we leave. Father, we thank you for that as they go today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're guiding them and that you're with them. We believe that their life would not be the same, oh God, but they will see the difference in their life because you prompt them, Holy Spirit, to move at this time. Father, you already know what's destined for their lives, and they will receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now you may go and follow our sisters there to get what you receive. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's awesome. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, let's pray. We'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for today. We declare that we will never, ever leave your presence. Traveling grace is ours as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Tell somebody you love Jesus.